A moonshot in a technology context is an ambitious, exploratory and groundbreaking project that addresses a huge problem in a radical solution of users' breakthrough technology. You are listening to Moonshot Podcast Series, ensuring the success of STEM education for Malaysia's next big leap. Mr. Priwan, you've been in Singapore all your life. And you have, <laughs> about that, and you have also been in the industry, um, aviation, more than 20 years, and you're currently running STEM programs down in Singapore. So our question is, how does STEM education in Singapore differs from Malaysia? If you've seen some from the information shared earlier, I'm sure you also quite follow some of the trends happening in Malaysia. Right. So how does it differ? Generally, in terms of STEM education, um, what actually happens in Singapore is we actually, from kindergarten itself, the children are actually nurtured to have a very science-like environment. In the schools itself, you can actually see in the play school itself, there's a lot of outside activity. And from there, they basically, when post, the teachers will actually pose questions to the kids okay, what happens uh, to the environment if you do this, what happens? A lot of science activities is already nurtured from a young age, from kindergarten itself. And when they get into the primary school, they bring in not only the science, the mathematics also, we nurture them with to have questions which are very practical based. When they go into primary tree, that is where compulsory science is being taught. And on top of science being taught, there are also compulsory visits to the science centers. There are compulsory visits to a lot of other institutes for learning. If they, let's say, New Water. I suppose you all have heard about New Water. There are compulsory visits every year to different industries where a lot of innovation actually occurs. So in terms of satisfying the children, yes, we do compulsory tours, we do incorporate questions now. A lot of questions in our Singapore's Kiasu exams are very practical based. Okay, we learned something. Maths, it's really, really very difficult. It's called model. Model, I'm not too sure if uh, model is being taught here. So it's a lot of practical aspects are being taught in mathematics uh, from primary three onwards. So they do a whole host of road learning, uh, model question, practical examples. So things like this. But one of the key things is also how STEM is being taught is because we actually get the teachers heavily involved. Firstly, because the teachers are the ones that will be imparting knowledge to the kids. The role of the different schools teaching STEMs and how the subjects are being taught is they choose the teachers, of course, and then teach them the benefits of, benefits of teaching STEM to the students itself. We actually educate the teachers and say that this is not just another project that you must do. You must actually see the benefits. Okay, when, we, when you are learning teaching STEMs to, the, to your students, it benefits you, it benefits your children because you can actually nurture them also. It benefits your friends. So a lot of education is being done to actually nurture the teachers first, not make it like it's a bane for them to actually really, I do, why am I, what, what do I gain from teacher taking on this role? There's no financial gain at all. So it's basically nurturing the teachers to have the soft skills, to really have the passion and see further beyond the financial means, beyond the amount of workload that they have to do. 
Right. What, what's the, the Singapore education system like as far as extracurricular enrichment programs? Okay. Uh, in schools in Singapore, uh, I've got two kids myself. Uh, so what actually happens is it's a revelation because now uh, the teachers take on more role doing extracurricular activities than actual teaching. And that is a little bit uh, surprising. Because take for example, my kid is basically in the national squad for golf. So his teacher is supposed to be a science teacher, but he is taking on the role of satisfying all the other sports. So he is hardly in school itself. So I was surprised that Malaysia actually has this problem. That is one of the challenges uh, that they are facing. And what uh, Mem has highlighted is I think it's better to bring in outsiders to actually, like the private entities to actually go and do the core curricular activities for the students itself. Firstly, why? Because I feel maybe the students do not want to see the same teachers after school hours, right? Private sectors, what actually happens is they have more experience. They have more experience dealing with a whole host of uh, audience. So I think that one is a very good point. Bring in uh, private entities uh, as well as NGOs to come and inculcate different extracurricular activities. Take for example one uh, school, because I do, the, I do enrichment programs in aviation in Singapore, one school, one international school, basically has got 250 CCAs and it's all being done by private entities. 250, from drone to basically drama to robotics, and it's no joke, it's 250, it's Stanford American. So they have 250 extracurricular activities which are being done by external vendors who have been in the market. And of course, they, the vendors they choose have been really, really uh, scrutinized about their track record and all. So that's how the extracurricular activities are in Singapore. In Singapore, what are the trends happening now in science and technology? Okay, I would like to back that up because uh, Singapore, I think within the last uh, six months, it became a national uh, agenda to start coding for all primary six or 12 years old. So they actually pushed it out. So by next year, all P6s will actually go through a nationalized coding course, which is compulsory. And thereafter, they will actually progress further. So now there's a national initiative to do that. So for the primary sixes, I think the kind of coding they will be doing is basically block programming and on robots itself. Then sec one, sec two, they'll probably do maybe Python and other more technical-based programming. So it has become a national initiative. I think launched about six months ago. Next year, all schools will have to do it. We were talking uh, earlier about Singapore being small, and because of that, it's easy to do things, right? So we talk about rural in Malaysia, to Sabah, Sarawak. There, rural, probably just another district with a Starbucks, right? Okay. So can you share some insights on some of the um, approaches to supporting the underserved groups in Singapore? Um, obviously, they are, because as I think you all know that Singapore's standard of living is very high. Yeah. Very, very high. Okay, so what happens is uh, government actually basically uh, sets out budget. After they set out the budget, what happens is then there's this aggressive effort to actually educate, okay, educate the society on how we, their needs, 
or people who have got problems and all that kind of stuff, they can approach the government. So what happens is it's a national thing. They will send it to every household. Uh, leaflets, uh, accessibility, everything will already be in the framework. All they have to do is just then they will set up centres all over the community because Singapore has got community centres almost everywhere. So what happens is then there will be counters open for all these uh, underserved to actually come and help them out. Yeah. Tune in to more of our podcast series and episodes only at EFM.